0: Good to see you again. Uh, We're in room 5B. uh, I'm comfortable here in uh, Blossom Valley Bible Church. Uh, The privilege to speak to everybody. I pray that you're well. Uh, I pray you're well physically, uh, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, These are challenging times, real challenging. Uh, Praise God, we have a God who is not surprised by what's happening around the world, and a God who cares for us and loves us and uh, gives us wisdom for the situations we face. I pray you're doing well. Uh, Obviously, we're praying for things to get back to normal, be back in church. Uh, Until then, uh, talk to a a camera. And and I'm so glad that there's people on the other side that are listening, because uh, we started last time the the first part of this series of of Knowing God. Uh, I wasn't boasting, but I said it's a great series, meaning not... Okay, Bob, doing a great job. Hopefully, it's a good job. But it's a great subject, and I hope you get uh, involved with the subject and wanting to increase uh, in the knowledge of God. Just like what he wrote to the Paul wrote to the Colossians, that they would increase the knowledge of God. That that would be true of of you and true of me uh, as well. So this is part two of our study. Watching the TV news. We've all been doing that. Too much uh, about the coronavirus, but I saw a story just uh, just the other day uh, in New York City, and as you know, that's New York City was hit real hard. And uh, there was two people. There was a an army uh, lieutenant. I don't know if he's a full time or reservist, but he had a reservist unit, and they were taking care of bodies and then picking up dead bodies and, and preparing for burial and so forth. There's so many bodies. Um, there was also a woman, a speaker, who was being interviewed. I think she was the head of uh, Department of Health in New York, something like that, a high position. And uh, we we're talking about the numbers of bodies in the hundreds. Uh, these soldiers that were helping, that was just one portion. They were assisting other agencies, okay, there's so many. But this woman said something very incredible. When asked about all those dead bodies, about how dealing with that, she made this statement We will continue to provide dignity to every single one. Why did she say that? That's a very interesting statement, a very incredible statement. But why does she say that? It's not about religion. Religion is maybe what is her religion. But, but this is all the bodies of New York City. This is our policy. As New York City, we're doing such and such, providing dignity. Well, religion is about the people. This religion wants this kind of a burial. This one doesn't care, or something like that. She said for every, everyone, it wasn't just about the loved ones. We're concerned with the loved one, with their body. Let's treat it with dignity. That, that's how we are. But, but they would, with all those bodies, overworked, needing help, it's actually a public health thing to have dead bodies, and yet they're going to be taking the time to treat them with dignity. It wasn't a political statement. We're not going to treat our friends one way and treat our enemies another way or something. Treat them all with dignity. There weren't any protests when she said that. It costs money. This takes time. We're going to treat them with dignity. I think that was an amazing statement for her to make. I'll get back to that in a little bit. In the first lesson uh, that I did uh, last time, uh, I read a quote uh, that I like. That's a good quote. Biblical religion is God-centered, not man-centered. Uh, one question you may have is, uh, "Am I saying, uh, as the writer, of that statement saying that people are insignificant?" Uh, I wish if we had a classroom of people, we talk. What do you think? Is we don't have that, um, but. No, it does not mean people are insignificant, but God is the primary one that we're concerned with in Scripture, not about me, but about God. Let's look at some familiar verses, uh, show you what I mean. This starts out familiar, but uh, I think it'll still be helpful. Uh, Genesis one one, good place to start. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know that verse so well that it's sometimes you can read it or just say it from memory without stopping to think about it. It's an incredible thought. It's an incredible thought that this God, who is this God that can create something out of nothing, create the universe out of nothing, create everything out of nothing. Uh, that verse, of course, it's a, it's a foundational truth to the rest of scripture. Uh, all the scripture ties back to that. Uh, Revelation There's going to be a new heavens, and a new earth, again, created by this. Same, uh, incredible, fantastic God. Uh, Genesis 1:1 is also kind of a summary of just of what's happening. Uh, chapters one and 2 we're gonna talk about creation. This summarizes them. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The, the following verses uh, through that chapter talk about the days of creation. You know the story, you've read it. And uh, you see as you read through chapter one, you uh, repeat it several times. Uh, and God saw that it was good. He'd create something else, and God saw that was good. And another day passed, and he saw that was good. At the end of the sixth day, the last verse in chapter 1, it says God saw all that he he had made, and behold, it was very good. One translation says it was exceedingly good. This is before the fall when sin came into the world, but it was exceedingly good when he had the, the entire creation there. Uh, wonderful. And of course, this theme is throughout Scripture. Um, it's not just, it's highlighted in the early chapters of Genesis, but throughout Scripture, the idea of God having been the creator. Uh, let me read one uh, quote. This is the ESV Study Bible, kind of summarizing uh, their view. God made the world. The Scriptures clearly reveal that He brought the heavens and earth into being by means of His spoken word. They celebrate this fact, but they do not explain the details of how he did it. End quote. Uh, a good quote, a fair quote. Um, I think I believe in a literal creation. I will say that uh, outright, no, obviously no embarrassment. The scriptures, uh, it's a literal creation, but scientifically, there's reason also, many reasons to believe in creation as described in the Bible. Uh, No time in in this study to talk about that, maybe in the future, but I'm not just saying that uh, lightly. Uh, It's a subject I've given a lot of thought and study to, and I'm certainly comfortable. So we started Genesis 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, 31, he's completed the six days. It's all very good. We back up a bit to verses 26 and 27 of Genesis 1. This is the sixth day after everything else is created. Okay, we got animals, we got, you know, you name it, everything else. And then the last bit of creation. Then God said, let us make man or mankind, you know, human beings, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule or have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man, and again that's man is mankind, humans, in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female, he created them. Tremendous truth. So creation, which was all of the universe, which is fantastic, now we have the creation of man, but it's special. It's the way it's written as you read it. It isn't just one more thing to be created. It isn't, OK, I'm done with the plants, now the animals. Now th- This is a special uh, in the language of that, and not just those verses, but uh, throughout scripture. So the title of this lesson is Mankind. Um, the longer title, if you will, is uh, Creation, Heavens, and Earth, and Mankind. And those three things have all been uh, described in Genesis chapter 1, with the creation the heavens, the earth, but also mankind. Clearly from that reading of Genesis 1, mankind is significant, not insignificant at all. We're not just an evolved animal or a higher level of animal, but we're different right from the beginning with our relationship with God. The relationship, the creation was already before man, it was fantastic, it was complete, and yet it lacked man. Years ago, teaching fourth grade Sunday school, did a craft uh, on on creation, and and the idea was uh, starting with this uh, earth, just kind of a a nothing, a gray earth without waters and this and that, and it kept adding to this picture through the days of creation, and it was really great. I I didn't do the craft, somebody else did it, but it was great, and every day you kept adding and it got to look more like our world. Then you had the plants, then you had the little animals, then you had this and that. And it was like really cool. And then when it was cool, the last one was man, when he created mankind, humans, in his image. But it was neat because when they were created on that last day, chapter 1, verses 26, 27 there, the rest was. All, it was a good, complete, full earth when mankind was first created. That's just kind of special. Uh, humans are clearly unique, uh, clearly special to God, uh, just the, this word relationship, uh, you know a little bit later, as uh, uh, just not very far later in Genesis, what do we have uh, but Adam and Eve walking in the garden and hearing the sound of God, okay, I mean right there, they're not just some animal, okay, they're not just something unimportant, they're important they have a role there in the garden, and there's a relationship to God. That got broken, as you know, with sin and the devil, and yet, praise God, it's restored with Jesus, and it will be restored even more in the future. We look forward to that. But it's so much about relationship, and it was right from the, uh, the beginning. I said if, uh, if you have a hard time with creation, if your difficulty won't be just those chapter, early chapters of Genesis, but the subject is throughout Scripture. Uh, Psalm 8 is a good example. Psalm 8 begins and ends with these words, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Verse 3 and 5, pulling out of the middle of that psalm. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. R.C. Sproul writes about that verse. These are not the sentiments of a a professional astronomer. He's looking at the sky. He's not a primitive astrologer of some sort. R.C. Sproul says, These are the reflections of an ordinary person contemplating his small place in the universe. What is man that you care about man? But Sproul makes this great observation. The writer of the psalm, who's looking at the stars and saying, wow, awesome God, what is man? The writer did not conclude that he was insignificant. He expressed a high view of the significance of life on this planet and of the value and dignity of humanity. You see that it's both ways? God is so much higher than us, and yet... We are so special to God. Okay, It's not all about me, it's about God. But His love for us, His care for us it is so tremendous. Back to those burials of all the dead bodies in New York. Why did they provide dignity to every single one of the dead? Well, I think part of the reason, I think people know instinctively, that we have been created in God's image and that we're special. Okay? Other, if, if animals die, yeah, you care when it's your own animal or so forth, but if you had hundreds of animal bodies laying around, you wouldn't worry about the dignity. You'd want to get rid of them. But with people, we are different, and it's very different. I, I think if I speak a little bit about the subject of general revelation and special revelation, that may make that a little more clear. You probably know these ideas even though if you haven't thought of them in this way. It's a complicated subject, um, but I'm going to try to make it simple for what we're doing here. Uh, Revelation is a very key word. I don't mean Revelation the title of the book of Revelation, but the whole scripture. is Christianity is a revealed faith. And what we mean by that is it's not something speculative. It's not just philosophy. Somebody's thought it up. I wonder if you no, know, it's been revealed by God. And that's, uh, that's so significant to us. God's revelation, this is available to all people in an idea that is called general revelation. Now, that term is not used in the Bible, but the principle is, is certainly biblical. Everyone has knowledge about God. Okay, they may reject it, they may want to disbelieve it, they rebel from it, on and on. But they have knowledge. It's available to all people. The heavens declare the glory of God. It isn't just Christians that go, wow, look at that sunset. Look at that, you know, it's everybody. Who did that? Wow, fantastic God. We all have that. As believers, it's different. We should have a better realization of the God behind that. But this revelation of of nature, uh, you look through a microscope, you look through a telescope. Whatever you do, you say, man, who The creation is so incredible. Uh, Everything about knowledge, about true knowledge and science, so incredible. General revelation is something that all people have. And if you're familiar with the scriptures, you're probably thinking ahead to uh, Romans 1, where um, God held people holds people accountable for rejecting him because he made himself known in the creation. Okay. Special revelation is scripture, okay? We have the Bible. Only people with access to the Bible uh, know about this, okay? Others may know and reject it, but this is where uh, all the the significant truths, I mean, about Christ and redemption and and, and all those things, uh, there's so much that we are revealed to us in the scripture, but there is also a great deal in, in just nature itself through general revelation. In the book of Job, I'll finish with this here. In the book of Job, um, you know, there's a lot of discourses and they're questioning God and how could God allow this and that. And uh, It's a long book and of course interesting, but toward uh, in Job 38 when God speaks, they've been talking about Job and his friends talking about God, but now God speaks a
1: and the Lord answers Job from the whirlwind
0: and says, this is God to Job. Now I have some questions for you. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. And then he goes on for two chapters about things in nature, wonderful things in nature that he did, he made, and Job doesn't, Job couldn't do that. Job doesn't understand them. Job doesn't know the. Doesn't have the wisdom or the power or any of that that God has, and I call it a science test, and God does great, and and Job fails. God didn't say to Job, have you read about me in the book? He didn't say that. What about nature here? Just what about this and that and And all these parts of nature that uh, he expected Job to have more understanding? And of course, at the end, Job says, I spoke when I shouldn't have spoken, and uh, and you're, you're right. Psalm 33, I'm going to finish you with, uh, with this. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in the storehouse. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. This is true for the whole world. As Christians, we have more knowledge, more knowledge available to us. Again, through through the Word, through the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, revealing the Word to us. But all people do. So we treat treat dead bodies in New York City with dignity because we cared like this. I think that was an amazing thing. This is why you see good in people. This is part of the, uh, a lot of things are hard to understand. As Christians, we say, well, Everybody is a sinner, and that's true, okay? Ourselves, certainly the non-believers are in their sin, and yet there's still some goodness. How can there be both? I think the answer is here that God created all people in His image. Doesn't mean they're all good, doesn't mean they're all holy, but they've got some of that of God in them. So they look at nature and say, wow, who did that? God did that. They look at this unfortunate situation with these dead people, and they want to be compassionate. Even as non-believers, okay. So I think that's. Don't know if I did the subject well. It's a hard subject. Uh, hopefully, in a future lesson. Look forward to the next. Next lesson going to be uh, interesting. Uh, I hope you're. I hope you're here for the next one. Okay. Thank you very much. Praise God. Amen.